Hello, and welcome to the Idiot Book Nook. I'm Blazing, and my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I am the Reading Dragon, and my pronouns are she, her, that lizard. <laughs> I no, love it. she, her. <laughs> I'm Lady Punnett. My pronouns are primarily she, her, although I do not care. Mainly go by she, her, sometimes they, them, if I feel like a blob. Cool. To be fair, I feel like a blob most days. Next, we here at the Idiot Book Nook would like you to know that we do not support the actions, views, or opinions of J.K. Rowling. We are simply Harry Potter fans who grew up with the books during important times in our life. For us, Hogwarts is and will continue to be home. We do not condone the racist, transphobic, and anti-Semitic injury uh, imagery that is depicted within the pages of these books. Anything else I need to add to that? Nine. Uh, nothing that I can think of. Cool. <sighs> so, with that we were done... on chapter four, I believe. Uh, yes. Yes, I do believe we were on chapter four. Let's have a quick... Uh, you know what? Let's do away with the recap, because podcast-wise, it's not gonna... Yeah, excuse me, guys not gonna matter yeah especially since on like the actual podcast sites uh separate from twitch uh it's basically gonna go straight into the next chapter kind of by the way you guys will notice that we have oh wait i didn't add that link in give me one sec we have a thing for you guys because i've been busy yup that's always dangerous. It is, but give me one second because there is a thing here that needs to be shown. This is what happens when we are left unattended. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Um, for those of you that have been regulars around here, you will know that I've been a content creator for quite a while, and you'll also know that as a Harry Potter fan, I've been wanting to do a Harry Potter podcast for quite some time. Well, since we're doing this, I went all out. We now have our very own website. It's not perfect yet. I'm still working through it, but you'll be able to find all of our podcast episodes once they're listed. You'll be able to find our fan fiction and our uh, community resources and anything else we decide to put up. Our support links aren't there, but we also have bios, which also link to all of our different projects yeah. on the um, on the net. Sorry, I kind of froze there. I don't know why that happened. Anyways. We have a website up and running, and I will be adding that to our links uh, that we put out. But I guess it's time for us... Uh, wait. For those of you that are listening to the podcast episode... Sorry, my brain's not working uh, at the moment. Did you take your meds? Yes. My meds are going to be kicking in here shortly, and my brain's just kind of working around them, so I'm a little confuzzled at the moment. Idiotbooknook.wordpress.com is where you can find our website. 
and uh, you can have it all laid out there. If you're looking for just the podcast, you can find us on anchor.fm slash idiot dash book dash nook. That being said, without further ado, let us get on with chapter four, where I believe we have a stranger at the door. Yes. Stranger, so- danger. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's or Philosopher's Stone. Chapter four. Oh, yeah. Let me start over. <laughs> Harry Potter oh. and the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone. Narrated by The Reading Dragon, Blazewing2010, and Lady Punnett. Chapter 4. The Keeper of the Keys. Boom! They knocked again. Dudley jerked awake. Where's the cannon? He said stupidly. There was a crash behind them, and Uncle Vernon came skidding into the room. He was holding a rifle in his hands. Now they knew what had been in the long, thin package he had brought with them. Who's there? He shouted. I warn you, I'm armed. There was a pause. Then, smash! The door was hit with such force that it swung clean off its hinges and with a deafening crash landed flat on the floor. A giant of a man was standing in the doorway. His face was almost completely hidden by a long, shaggy mane of hair and a wild, tangled beard. But you could make out eh. but you could make out his eyes, glinting like black beetles under all the hair. The giant squeezed his way into the hut, stooping so that his head just brushed the ceiling. He bent down picked up the door, and fitted it easily back into its frame. The noise of the storm outside dropped a little. He turned to look at them all. Uh, Couldn't make a cup of tea, could you? It's not been an easy journey. He strode over to the sofa where Dudley sat frozen with fear. Uh, Budge up, you great lump, said the stranger. Dudley squeaked and ran to hide behind his mother, who was crouching, terrified, behind Uncle Vernon. And here's Harry, said the giant. Harry looked up into the fierce, wild, shadowy face and saw that the beetle eyes were crinkled in a smile. Last time I saw you, you was only a baby, said the giant. You look a lot like your dad but you've got your mom's eyes. Uncle Vernon made a funny, rasping noise. I demand you leave at once, sir. He said. You are breaking and entering. Ah, shut up, Dursley, you great prune. Said the giant. He reached over the back of the sofa, jerked the gun out of Uncle Vernon's hands, bent it into a knot as easily as if it had been made of rubber, and threw it into a corner of the room. Uncle Vernon made another funny noise, like a mouse being trotted on. Anyway, Harry, said the giant, turning his back on the Dursleys. A very happy birthday to you. Got summit for you here. 
Uh, might have sat on it at some point, but it'll taste all right. From an inside pocket of his black overcoat, he pulled a slightly squashed box. Harry opened it with trembling fingers. Inside was a large, sticky chocolate cake with Happy Birthday Harry written on it in green icing. Harry looked up at the giant. He meant to say thank you, but the words got lost on the way to his mouth. And what he said instead was, Uh, who are you? The giant chuckled. True, I haven't introduced myself. Rubius Hagrid, Keeper of Keys and Grounds at Hogwarts. He held out an enormous hand and shook Harry's whole arm. What about that tea then, eh? He said, rubbing his hands together. I'd not say no to summit stronger if you've got it, mind. His eyes fell on the empty grate with the shriveled chip bags in it, and he snorted. And he snorted. He bent down over the fireplace. They couldn't see what he was doing, but when he drew back and... Mm, but when he drew back a second later, there was a roaring fire there. It filled the whole damp hut with flickering light, and Harry felt the warmth wash over him as though he'd sunk into a hot bath. The giant sat back down on the sofa, which sagged under his weight and began taking all sorts of things out of the pockets of his coat. A copper kettle, a squashy package of sausages, a poker, a teapot, several chipped mugs, and a bottle of some amber liquid that he took a swig from before starting to make tea. Soon, the hut was full of the sound and smell of sizzling sausage. Nobody said a thing while the giant was working. But as he slid the first six fat, juicy, slightly burnt sausages from the poker, Dudley fidgeted a little. Uncle Vernon said sharply, Don't touch anything he gives you, Dudley. The giant chuckled darkly. Yeah, great pudding of a son don't need fattening anymore, Dursley, don't worry. He passed the sausages to Harry, who was so hungry he had never tasted anything so wonderful but he still couldn't take his eyes off the giant. Finally, as nobody seemed about to explain anything, he said, I'm sorry, but I still don't really know who you are. The giant took a gulp of tea and wiped his mouth with the back of his hand. Ugh, call me Hagrid. Everyone does. And like I told you, I'm the keeper of keys at Hogwarts. You, you'll know all about Hogwarts, of course. Uh, n no said Harry. Said Harry. Yeah, it's your line. Oh. Oh, shit. So never mind. <laughs> Hagrid looked shocked. <laughs> Sorry. He's Harry said quickly. Sorry. Barked Hagrid, turning to stare at the Dursleys, who shrank back into the shadows. It's them that should be sorry. I knew you weren't getting your letters, but I never thought you wouldn't know about Hogwarts, for crying out loud. Did you never wonder where your parents learned it all? All what? Asked Harry. All what? Hagrid thundered. Now wait just one second! He had leapt to his feet. In his anger, he seemed to fill the whole hut. The Dursleys were cowering against the wall. 
Do you mean to tell me? He growled at the Dursleys. That this boy, this boy, knows nothing about, about anything? Harry thought this was going a bit far. He had been to school, after all, and his marks weren't bad. I know some things, he said. I can, you know, do math and stuff. But Hagrid simply waved his hand and said, About our world, I mean. Your world, my world, your parents' world. What world? Hagrid looked as if he was about to explode. Dursley! He boomed. Uncle Vernon, who had gone very pale, whispered something that sounded like Mimble Wimble. Oh! He stared wildly at Harry. I have a discussion point for later. Give me one second. Okay. I need to take notes. Well, when you're done taking your note, I believe it is your line next. It sure is. Give me one second. You must know about your mom and dad, he said. I mean, they're famous. You're famous. What? My my mom and dad weren't famous, were they? You don't know. You don't know. Hagrid ran his fingers through his hair, fixing Harry with a fixing Harry with a bewildered stare. You don't know what you are. He said finally. Uncle Vernon suddenly found his voice. Stop! He commanded. Stop right there, sir. I forbid you to tell the boy anything. A braver man than Vernon Dursley would have quailed under the furious look Hagrid now gave him. When Hagrid spoke, his, vi his every syllable trembled with rage. You never told him. Never told him what was in the letter Dumbledore left for him. I was there. I saw Dumbledore leave at Dursley, and you've kept it from him all these years. Kept what from me? Said Hagrid eagerly. Stop! I forbid you! Yelled Uncle Vernon in panic. Aunt Petunia gave a gasp of horror. Ah, go boil your heads, both of you said Hagrid. Harry, you're a wizard. There was silence inside the hut. Only the sea and the whistling wind could be heard. A what? gasped Harry. A wizard, of course, said Hagrid, sitting back down on the sofa, which groaned and sank even lower. And a thumping good un, I'd say, once he'd been trained up a bit. Mom and Dad like yours? What else could you be? And I reckon it's about time you read your letter. Harry stretched out his hand. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. Harry stretched out his hand at last to take the yellowish envelope, addressed in emerald green to Mr. H. Potter, the floor, hut on the rock, the sea. He pulled out the letter and read, 
Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Headmaster, Albus Dumbledore. Order of Merlin, First Class, Grand Sorcerer, Chief Warlock, Supreme Mugwump, International Confederacy of Wizards. Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Please find enclosed a list of all necessary books and equipment. Term begins on September 1st. We await your owl by no later than July 31st. Yours sincerely, Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress. Questions exploded inside Harry's head like fireworks and he couldn't decide which to ask first. After a few minutes, he stammered. What, what does it mean they await my owl? Galloping gorgons, that reminds me, said Hagrid, clapping a hand to his forehead with enough force to knock over a cart horse. And from yet another pocket inside his overcoat, Inside his overcoat, he pulled an owl, a real, live, rather ruffled-looking owl, a long quill, and a roll of parchment. With his tongue between his teeth, he scribbled a note that Harry could read upside down. Dear Professor Dumbledore, given Harry his letter, taking him to buy his things tomorrow. Weather's horrible. Weather's horrible. Hope you're well. Hagrid. Hagrid rolled up the note, gave it to the owl, which clamped it in his, <clears throat> which clamped it in its beak, went to the door, and threw the owl out into the storm. Then he came back and sat down as though this was a nor. Let me start. <clears throat> Let me do that sentence again. <laughs> You're good. You're doing good. Then he came back and sat down as though this was as normal as talking on the telephone. Harry realized his mouth was open and closed it quickly. Uh, where was I? said Hagrid. But at that moment, Uncle Vernon, still ashen-faced, but looking very angry, moved into the firelight. He's not going, he said. Hagrid grunted. I'd like to see a great muggle like you stop him, he said. A what? said Harry, interested. A muggle said Hagrid. It's what we call non-magic folk, like them. And it's your bad luck you grew up in a family of the biggest muggles I ever laid eyes on. We swore when we took him in we'd put a stop to that rubbish, said Uncle Vernon. Swore we'd stamp it out of him. <laughs> Wizard indeed. You knew, said Harry. You knew I'm a, a wizard? Knew, shrieked Aunt Petunia suddenly. Knew of we knew how could we not be my dratted sister being was oh she got a letter just like that and disappeared off to that that school and came home every vacation with her pockets full of frog spawn turning teacups into rats i was the only one who saw her for what she was a freak but my mother and father oh no it was lily this and lily that they were proud of having a witch in the family she stopped to draw a deep breath, and then went ranting on. It seemed she had been wanting to say all of this for years. Then she met that potter at school, and they left and got married and had you, and of course I knew you'd 
be just the same, just as strange and just as, as abnormal. And then, if you please, she went and got herself blown up and we got landed with you. Harry had gone very white. As soon as he found his voice, he said, Blown up? You told me they died in a car crash. Car crash! roared Hagrid, jumping up so angrily that the Dursleys scuttled back to their corner. How could a car crash kill Lily and James Potter? It's an outrage, a scandal! Harry Potter not known his own story, when every kid in our world knows his name. But why? What happened? Harry asked urgently. The anger faded from Hagrid's face. He looked suddenly anxious. I never expected this, he said in a low, worried voice. I had no idea when Dumbledore told me there might be trouble getting a hold of you how much he didn't know. Ah, Harry, I don't know if I'm the right person to tell you, but someone's gotta. You can't go off to Hogwarts not knowing. He threw a dirty look at the Dursleys. Well, it's best you know as much as I can tell you. Mind, I can't tell you everything. And it's a great mystery, parts of it. He sat down, stared into the fire for a few seconds, and then said, It begins, I suppose, with... With a person called... It's incredible you don't know his name. Everyone in our world knows. Who? Well, I don't like saying the name if I can help it. No one does. Why not? Gulp and gargoyles, Harry. People are still scared. Blimey, this is difficult. You see, there was this wizard who went... Bad. About as bad as he could go. Worse. Worse than worse. His name was... He aggroed gulped. But no words came out. Could you write it down? Harry suggested. Nah, can't spell it. All right. Voldemort. Hagrid shuddered. Don't make me say it again. Anyway, this wizard, about 20 years ago now, started looking for followers. Got him, too. Some were afraid. Some just wanted a bit of his power. Because he was getting himself power, all right. Dark days, Harry. Didn't know who to trust. Didn't, know, uh, didn't dare get friendly with strange wi uh, wizards and witches. Terrible things happened. He was taken over. Of course, some stood up to him, and he killed him. Horribly. One of the safest pla one of the only safe places left was Hogwarts. Reckon Dumbledore was the only one you know who was afraid of. Didn't dare try taking the school. Not just then, anyway. Now mind, your mom and dad were as good a witch and wizard as I ever knew. Head boy and girl at Hogwarts in their day. Suppose the mystery is why you know who. Never let them... Never tried to get them on his side before. Probably knew they were too close to Dumbledore to get anything to do with the dark side. Or to want anything to do with the dark side. Maybe he thought he could persuade him. Maybe he just wanted him out of the way. All anyone knows is he turned up in the village where you was all living on Halloween ten years ago. You were, you were, you was just a year old. He came to your house and, Ed. Hagrid suddenly pulled out a very dirty, spotted handkerchief and blew his nose with a sound like a foghorn. 
Sorry, he said. But it's sad. Knew your mom and dad, and nicer people he couldn't find. Anyway, you know who killed him. And then, and this is the real mystery of the thing, he tried to kill you too. Wanted to make a clean job of it, I suppose. Or maybe he just liked killing by then. But he couldn't do it. Never wondered how you got that mark on your forehead? That was no ordinary cut. That's what you get when a powerful, evil curse touches you. Took care of your mom and dad in your house, even. But it didn't work on you. And that's why you're famous, Harry. No one ever lived after he decided to kill him. No one except you. And he killed some of the best witches and wizards of the age. The McKinnons, the Bones, the Pruitts. And you was only a baby, and you lived. Something very painful was going on in Harry's mind. As Hagrid's story came to a close, he saw again the blinding flash of green light, more clearly than he had ever remembered it before. And he remembered something else. For the first time in his life, a high, cold, cruel laugh. Hagrid was watching him sadly. Took you from the ruined house myself on Dumbledore's orders. Brought you to this lot. Load of old tosh, said Uncle Vernon. Harry jumped. He had almost forgotten that the Dursleys were there. Uncle Vernon certainly seemed to have got back his courage. He was glaring at Hagrid, and his fists were clenched. Now you listen here, boy, he snarled. I accept there's something strange about you. Probably nothing a good beating wouldn't have cured. And as for all this about your parents, well, they were weirdos, no denying it. And the world's better off without them, in my opinion. Asked for all they got getting mixed up with these wizarding types. Just what I expected. Always knew they'd come to a sticky end. But at that moment, Hagrid leapt from the sofa and drew a battered pink umbrella from inside his coat, pointing this at Uncle Vernon like a sword, he said. I'm warning you, Dursley. I'm warning you. One more word. In danger of being speared on the end of an umbrella by a bearded giant, Uncle Vernon's courage failed again. He flattened himself against the wall and fell silent. That's better, said Hagrid, breathing heavily and sitting back down on the sofa, which this time sagged right down to the floor. Harry, meanwhile, still had questions to ask. Hundreds of them. But what happened to Volt? Sorry, I mean, you know who? Good question, Harry. Disappeared. Vanished. Same night he tried to kill you. Makes you even more famous. That's the biggest mystery, see? He was getting more and more powerful. Why'd he go? Some say he died. God swallow, in my opinion. Don't know if he had enough human in left in him to die. Some... Some say he's still out there biding his time, like, but I don't believe it. People who was on his side came back to ours. Some of them came out of kind of trances. Don't reckon they could have done it if he was come if he was coming back. Most of us reckon he's still out there somewhere, but lost his powers too weak to carry on. Cause something about you finished him, Harry. There was something going on that night he hadn't counted on. I don't know what it was. No one does, but something about you stumped him, all right. Hagrid looked at Harry with warmth and respect blazing in his eyes, 
But Harry, instead of feeling pleased and proud, felt quite sure there had been a horrible mistake. A wizard? Hmm. A wizard? Him? How could he possibly be? He'd spent his life being clouted by Dudley and bullied by Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon. If he really was a wizard, why hadn't they been turned into warty toads every time he tried to lock every time they tried to lock him in his cupboard? If he'd once defeated the greatest sorcerer in the world, how come Dudley had always been able to kick him around like a football? Hagrid, he said quietly. I think you must have made a mistake. I don't think I can be a wizard. To his surprise, Hagrid chuckled. Not a wizard, eh? Never made things happen when you was scared or angry. Harry looked into the fire. Now he came to think about it. Every odd thing that had ever made his aunt and uncle furious with him had happened when he, Harry, had been upset or angry. Chased by Dudley's gang, he had somehow found himself out of their reach. Dreading going to school with that ridiculous haircut, he'd managed to make it grow back. And the very last time Dudley had hit him, he had got his revenge without even realizing he was doing it. Wait, let me read that last part again. And the very last time Dudley had hit him, hadn't he got his revenge without even realizing he was doing it? Hadn't he set a boa constructor on him? Harry looked back at Hagrid, smiling. He saw that Hagrid was positively beaming at him. See? Said Hagrid. Harry Potter, not a wizard. You wait, you'll be right famous at Hogwarts. But Uncle Vernon wasn't going to give in without a fight. Haven't I told you he's not going? He hissed. He's going to Stonewall. Uh, sorry, he's going to Stonewall High, and he'll be grateful for it. I've read those letters, and he needs all sorts of rubbish. Spell books and wands, and... If he wants to go, a great muggle like you won't stop him. Growled Hagrid. Stop Lily and James Potter's son from going to Hogwarts. You're mad. His name's been down ever since he was born. He's off to the finest school of witchcraft and wizardry in the world. Seven years there, and he won't know himself. He'll be with youngsters of his own sort, for a change. And you'll be under the greatest headmaster Hogwarts has ever had. Albus Dumbledore, I am not paying for some crackpot old fool to teach him magic tricks, yelled Uncle Vernon. But he had finally gone too far. Hagrid seized his umbrella and whirled it over his head. Never, he thundered. Insult, Albus Dumbledore, in front of me. He brought the umbrella swishing down through the air to point at Dudley. There was a flash of violet light, a sound like a firecracker, a sharp squeal, and the next second, Dudley was dancing on the spot with his hands clasped over his flat... <clears throat> Dudley was dancing on the spot with his hands clasped over his fat bottom, howling in pain. When he turned his back on them, Harry saw a curly pig's tail poking through a hole in his trousers. Uncle Vernon roared, pulling Aunt Petunia and Dudley into the other room. 
He cast one terrified look. He cast one last terrified look at Hagrid and slammed the door behind them. Hagrid looked down at his umbrella and stroked his beard. Shouldn't have lost me temper, he said ruefully. But it didn't work anyway. Meant to turn him into a pig. But I suppose he was so much like a pig anyway, there wasn't much left to do. He cast a sideways look at Harry under his bushy eyebrows. Be grateful if you didn't mention that to anyone at Hogwarts, he said. I'm, uh, not supposed to do magic, strictly speaking. I was allowed to do a bit to follow you and to get your letters to you and stuff. One of the reasons I was so keen to take the job. Why aren't you supposed to do magic? Asked Harry. Oh, well, I was at Hogwarts myself, but I, um, got expelled, to tell you the truth, in my third year. They snapped me wand in half and everything, but Dumbledore let me stay on as gamekeeper. Great man, Dumbledore. Why were you expelled? Uh, it's getting late. We've got lots to do tomorrow. Said Hagrid, loudly. <laughs> Gotta get up to town and get all your books and that. He took off his thick black coat and threw it to Harry. You can keep under that. He said. Don't mind if it wriggles a bit. I think I still got a couple of dormice in one of the pockets. And that is chapter four. Now, as we do, um, we are going to move on to the discussion portion where we chat about what we just read and uh, we try and bring the audience in. And the first thing I have to say is, <coughs> God damn, I picked the wrong voice for Hagrid. Oh, yeah? <coughs> yep. I also need to do vocal warm-ups before we start doing these in the morning. Fuck. It's all good. So when he whispered, uh, what's that word? Mickle? Mimble Wimble? So yeah, I Mimble have a couple Wimble. of things I want to talk about, actually. Yeah, I'm curious as to, like, what, what, I don't remember what the significance of Mimble Wimble was. Okay, so I have a bunch of Harry Potter-themed resources. Mm-hmm. Um... And within one of those, give me one second. Let me open up my let me open up my uh, my resource here. Now uh, let me see which because uh, I think I've got them all stored on my Google Drive. Mm -hmm. There it is, my library, books, Harry Potter, and the one. Nope, wrong one. Wait a minute. That's not what I wanted. Uh, bear with me for one second while I track it down, because I've got too many, uh, I've got too many Google Drives. Hello, Spider Geb! Hello! Just give me one, and not that one, it might be under this account? Ebooks, okay. I think it was. Harry Potter. And the one I am looking for is a book called, I think it's all 256 uh, Harry Potter spells or something like that. The movie included the exchange, but shortened it and moved it to a pub. Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, that's actually one of the changes. This discussion in the books takes place earlier, and there's a lot more stuff that happened in the pub and in Diagon Alley um, later on. No, but we'll we'll get there. I can't find it. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not going to spend any more time looking for it. But basically what it boils down to is the book that I was 
Oh, one second. Sorry, I was doing something else. The book that I was looking for mm -hmm. has in it a spell called Mimblewimble. Okay. It's listed as an actual magical spell. And what it does is it silences somebody from talking about a certain subject or a certain topic. And all oh. they can say is Mimblewimble instead. I don't know if it's an official spell, but that was the cause of my exclamation. Okay, so it's like it's like Mr. Dursley was trying to actually do magic? No, like he was actually trying to say something or maybe to give some information and he was unable to because there had been a magic... Basically, magic was affecting him. Oh, shit. Uh, guys, guys. Huh. What? Oh, my... Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, this opens up like a whole I, new I avenue, doesn't it? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so what's on your mind? Let's talk. Okay. Uh the letter. Yeah. The letter that uh Petunia would have gotten that explained everything. Because I always thought it was weird how they didn't say, Oh, your your parents were killed with a mugging or oh, your parents uh someone broke into their house and they were both killed by a madman. What if the letter prevented them from going that far and they physically had to make up something that was as off kilter as possible? It is entirely possible. Given what we know about Dumbledore. So, hang on a sec. I'm going to continue on that thought. But first, we've got Jordan, the dude in chat. Also, the fact awesome. that Vernon was trying to get all in Hagrid's face. And yes, there is that. But yeah. given what we know about Dumbledore, because we've all read the series and we all know this. Given what we know about Dumbledore, that is actually not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, he did say in the first couple chapters that he did, he thought it would be better if Harry didn't grow up actually knowing right away what all he was. He didn't want Harry to get egotistical. Yeah. What if the reason Harry doesn't know is actually a result of Dumbledore's letter? Because we know magic can also be in written form, too. Yeah, like an enchanted letter. Uh, Crittershy says, that's very likely. Magicals yeah. often mess with muggle minds to protect themselves. Could be something tied to that. Mm. It just... There was a... Go ahead. There was a line that when Petunia had her outburst, it it was written like she'd been holding it in for years. Yeah. She oh, yeah. Couldn't... What if, like, even when she was talking to Vernon, she couldn't physically talk about it? This woman hasn't been able to vent about her frustrations. And just let it kilter and steam and boil in her body for over 10 years. And that, Maybe even throughout the entire marriage. And that brings something interesting into play because as a communications major and on all of my social media platforms, one of the huge things that I try to get across is that when communication falters, it turns into stagnation and rot. And once that rot takes hold... Mm -hmm. It will eat away at you yep. until there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. What if Dumbledore is responsible for the Dursleys being as horrible to Harry as they are? I mean, I read a fan fiction about that once. Of course yeah. he did. Well, no, no. So here's the thing. In the beginning, the Dursleys treated Harry as, as well as Dudley in this fan fiction. Like, they tried to care for him and provide for him as much as possible, but Dumbledore was seeing this. This was manipulative uh, Dumbledore tag. Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, no, you have to treat him poorly. And Petunia and Werner are like, uh, no, sir, we will not. So then he used magic so they would treat him poorly. So that way he would grow up as similar as Voldemort had in the the orphanage. He should. And we do know that Dumbledore is nothing if not manipulative. Yeah. Jordan the Dude says a car crash could make an explosion. And Critter Shy says... Probably since she was a child, actually, her whole family was likely spelled into secrecy about having a real witch in the family. Mm-hmm. It is entirely possible. This brings up a whole new avenue of things to discuss. Oh, yeah. It makes me wonder what they say to, like... Because that's a lot of magic used, especially on, like, Muggleborn. Like, mm-hmm. Muggleborns are probably able to talk about it with their parents, but I wonder if the parents aren't able to physically talk about it outside of certain people. Probably. So, I'm gonna jump ahead here a little bit. We haven't quite gotten to book two yet, but there's some information in book two that I kind of want to talk about because it ties back to this book. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna quickly outline what that is. I'm not gonna go too far into detail, so when we get there, we can talk about it in whole. Mm-hmm. But... In the Chamber of Secrets, we find out that Tom Riddle, a.k.a. Voldemort, mm-hmm. is responsible for getting Hagrid expelled from Hogwarts. Yeah. Pisses me off. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But I would like to postulate as... I'd like to theorize as to why. Oh, I think I know what theory you're going to be bringing up. Voldemort saw Hagrid as a threat. Mm-hmm. because Hagrid is extremely adept at magic and he is extremely powerful. And the reason is in also, the source... Also, Go ahead. I'd like to add, because Hagrid is half giant, he has natural magic resistance. Yes. He is extremely powerful and he is extremely good at what he does and he is resistant to magic. In the Sorcerer's Stone, we find out that his wand, his bro- the remnants of his broken wand are in his umbrella, that pink umbrella that he pulled out. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to do magic to get Harry his letter. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to remember that a lot of people don't learn wand- don't learn like silent magic until fifth year or above. He was tossed mm-hmm. out of Hogwarts in third year. Not yep. only did he manage to do silent magic, but... He managed to do it with a broken wand, mm-hmm. which, as we see in book two, when Ron's wand breaks, is extremely difficult. The fact that he oh, managed yeah. to pull both of them off is a testament to just how powerful Hagrid is. Oh, yeah. So, another point. So, going back to manipulative Dumbledore, Dumbledore knew from a young age there was something wasn't right with Tom Riddle. Yes. But then Tom Riddle comes out of nowhere and says, oh yes, this third year student, he's responsible for all the deaths. He could have, to my knowledge, because he was headmaster at that point, he could have mm-hmm. been like, oh no, we have to do a full investigation. Yep. No, he took his word for it. Yep. Yep. Because he probably also saw Hagrid as a valuable piece. He robbed Hagrid of a proper education. Yeah, I'm pretty yep. sure that's why he kept Hagrid on, uh, because he felt bad about that, or because he felt responsible for that, which, I mean, let's face it, he completely and 100% was. So we've got mm-hmm. some stuff in the chat here. Critter, uh, Critter Shy says, 
This is outside of the main series, but I believe in the Americas, pre moldy which I fucking love, by the way, Muggleborns mm-hmm. were removed from their Muggle families, but don't quote me. Also I mean, says, I think Hagrid also saw that Tom was a shady person, and yes, because Hagrid has the ability to see things in people that most people miss. I believe they're referring to the Americans, the Makusa, because uh, the whole, like, magic people and non-magical people yeah. weren't able to like, yeah, that whole segregation. Yeah. Which that. comes up in uh, Fantastic Beasts, the movie. And yeah. uh, Jordan the Dude says, Hagrid is a boss, and I would absolutely 100% agree. Hagrid is not somebody that you want to be on the wrong side of. Nope. <laughs> Whether it be by fist or wand. <laughs> is that a, a giant trait? Sorry, Jordan, uh, you're going to have to explain. Uh, is what a giant trait? I think he's talking about the ability to see things about people that other people miss. I don't want to say that's a giant trait. That's more the type of person that Hagrid is and the type of person that Hagrid has become because of the, because basically the hand that he's been dealt in life. Mm -hmm. Hagrid is an excellent example of a high wisdom, low intelligence character. Yep. You're not wrong about that. I would 100% agree. Mm-hmm. think about it he's always free to give information he's very wise but then he goes back and says i shouldn't have said that yep yep jordan the dude <laughs> says perception check passed yes yes hagrid rolls a nat 20 on his perception checks every time mm-hmm. and insight checks and well in- not always not always insight checks you're right but yeah we love you rubius hagrid which by the way harry should have named one of his kids ruby Right? Yeah, we're going to get to that in book seven if we get there. <laughs> also, freaking, he didn't give, like, any of his kids, like, the name after, like, McGonagall either. McGonagall basically was surrogate man. Hagrid becomes the over-explanation guy? Yes. He also becomes the exposition guy, which is absolutely hilarious, and I love him, and oh my god. Yep. Uh, that being said, it is unfortunate that Coltrane, the actor who um, played Hagrid in the movies, has come out in defense of Rowling, if I remember correctly. Yeah. We will not fault him. We will fault the actor, but not the character he portrayed. Correct. Yep. Uh, Critter says, I do wonder how much magical resistance Hagrid uh, naturally has, and if that factors into A, Dumbledore keeping him around, and B... Tom being wary of him. Well, giants as a whole had like a lot of natural resistance, which is why mm-hmm. wizards typically didn't like interact with them much because they're big and they can stomp on you. Yep. It also shows Hagrid's character because in the first and second Wizarding Wars, the giants sided with Voldemort. Oh yeah. Hagrid didn't. Yeah, wasn't there, isn't there, like, something about Hagrid being, um, kind of an outcast from the Giants? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the fact that he is half-giant. Yeah. So. I feel so sorry for, like, because he's half-giant, that means one of his parents slept with a giant, and I don't know which is worse. Yeah, I think he explained that his mom was giant and his dad, uh, he explains later in the series that his dad was, hu- his dad was human wizard, but his mother was giant. Yeah, I think that's book 
four when he's talking to um, the headmistress from um, the French school. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Which, by the way, she was using him in the first little bit, and that makes me very upset. Yeah, mm. we'll, we'll get to that in book four. Jordan the Dude says, how did the owl survive in the coat? So I would not put it past Hagrid for his coat to have like an undetectable extension charm or some sort of extra dimensional space in which creatures could live because let's face it it's Hagrid and he has an affinity for animals he is care of magical creatures and yeah I think in book two book three something like that book three is where we see him actually teaching the class and yeah your your dragon friend here my OC is a care of magical creatures yeah. professor yep but Haggard, let's not beat around the bush. Haggard has an affinity for animals. It doesn't matter what type. He just, he has more of an affinity for the dangerous, what we would consider the dangerous types. But that doesn't mean he doesn't care for all animals. I think he actually likes animals more than he likes people. Yeah, like Newt's so Commander. Would yeah. he be in Dungeons and Dragons? Would he be a druid or a ranger? He would be a ranger. Because don't forget, druids can shapeshift. Mm-hmm. He can't shapeshift. So Jordan the dude yeah. says bardic creation and Crittershy says his dad was a wizard and his mom was a giant, which raises interesting questions if that had been reversed. And Crittershy also says, also because Hagrid is so small by giant standards, he'd be an outcast among them. Yes, Crittershy, 100%. In 5e, he would be a ranger beastmaster. But because he's half giant, wouldn't that make him a goliath? Yes. Except for the fact, I think he would have, similar to what Grog from Critical Role had, he would have the dwarven belt, because then he could grow his made, his majestic beard. Yep. Yep. Unless someone created, like, a variant race of Goliath that allowed uh, facial hair growth. So, do we have anything else to add to the discussion? Um, Any last-minute thoughts? Um, this one didn't paint... So much Petunia being silent protector. Mm -mm. No, it painted her as being frustrated and upset and angry, which, I mean, if our theories are correct, I totally get. Mm -hmm. The fact that maybe they couldn't speak about it, that they were magically prevented from speaking about it. If you sit on something like that for years on end, mm -hmm. I know from personal experience that that will eventually come out once you are able to, once you even start being able to process that shit, it will just, it'll explode. I, think, I would like to... I think Petunia's upset that she can't talk about it and I think it's repressed emotion. I still want to paint her as the silent as the silent ally though, unable to talk. I think that this is just kind of a one off. But we'll see where well, that goes. Well, bear in mind parents can also lose their temper sometimes. Absolutely. Like even people who do gentle parenting, um they can still like snap or lose their temper and it's a thing. It's a human thing. I it makes me wonder though. If we keep on going with Silent Protector Petunia, if she hadn't had what we believe the spell cast on her, would she have hinted more to Harry about what he is? Or at least, because here's the thing. I think Petunia's a smart lady. Yep. No doubt no in that. So I think she knows deep down if she had been able to at least even explain a little bit to Harry, like, look, I know you can't control it all the time, but you have to stop the weirdness. It's going to make us look bad. It's going to bring unwanted attention. Yep, and Harry yeah. would have asked, why? And I think Petun the reason she didn't want him to ask questions is because 
she knew she couldn't answer them. Yeah. That, that, that is... Would it... Go ahead. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Crittershy says Haggard is MVP. And uh, Jordan the Dude says the Dursleys are a terrible group of people. But what caused it? We have yet to see. Mm-hmm. Well, there is multiple theories about what caused it. So it's like at first, I agree with the theory that it's because uh, later on the line, we found out what the scar actually is on Harry's forehead. Yep. But I'm wondering, because usually you have to be in like close touching contact with it. Yep. They don't touch yeah. Harry a lot. They don't give him hugs. Yep. No. It makes me wonder if instead of that, it's this. And even though it's now been broken and they're able to talk about it now, because I think the key word is someone else had to tell Harry. Yep. I wonder. So Dumbledore left them a letter. This we know we've been over. We've hashed this out quite a few mm -hmm. times. We've talked about this and what could possibly be in that letter. In that letter, there is the possibility that Dumbledore knew what Harry, what was up with Harry years before he divulged the information and that he may have told them and that he may have warned them not to get affectionate with him or too close to him on account of that which paints Dumbledore in this case as the asshole. I mean, there's a lot of different theories already as to how much of an actual asshole he is, including what you just mentioned, because uh, there is another theory about Dumbledore that Dumbledore wanted to be a famous wizard and he manipulated mm -hmm. the world around him in such a way that gave him the opportunities to at least have one last hoorah before he was uh, kicking the bucket. Well, Dumbledore was also 100% manipulative. 100% we see this time and time again with him with the way he treats people around him. He is that that is one of his traits. Like he he's painted as this good guy, but underneath there's so much more and manipulation is one of his key tactics. Yeah, he's um I don't know um which one is the correct term uh for the kind of person that doesn't that is more out for themselves than anyone else either psychopath or sociopath yep. whichever is the correct term so i was just looking on the good old harry potter wiki yep mm -hmm. see if we could actually find like the content of the letter sent to the dursleys mm -hmm. now the contents of the letter that was sent to the dursleys when harry was a baby is never revealed however it is stated how it was addressed to Petunia. Oh. And that during Harry, during uh, August of 1995, when they were discussing kicking Harry out because of the Dementor attack, when Albus Dumbledore sent them a letter, sent Petunia a letter reminding her. Remember my the, last. Remember my last letter. It was Petunia that said, we have to let him stay. And Vernon was confused by that, which is it is unknown how much Vernon knew about the contents of the first letter. Interesting. I want to talk about that more. Um, Critishai says, I wonder what would have happened if Dudley had been born magic. I think Harry's life would have been very different. Dumbledore always oh, yeah. seemed very high-handed, and I think as he got older, it got worse. Mm -hmm. And uh, that the letter also scared the shit out of her. Oh, yeah. And absolutely, 100%. That being said... 
I want to bring up one more point. Yep. Mm-hmm. About the letter, about a possibility. Because once again, we don't find out about them later, about the blood wards. I think Petunia knew if she told Vernon about the magic that was placed on their home, that Vernon would have either killed Harry or left her and took in Dudley with him. Oh, yeah. That is an interesting thought. Because he is the... he. Petunia doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home wife and mom. And back during the early 90s, if your husband suddenly left you, he couldn't talk about it. It would have been her fault. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she would have been just... She would have been in a situation, in a really bad spot, yep. financially and yep. physically. It's one of those situations where, sadly, the best thing you can do is stay quiet until you are financially able to. But un- Vernon, it would have is the kind of man that believes a woman should stay in the home. He would have never allowed her to go out and get a job. Yeah, yeah. Well, that has been an invigorating discussion. And I think at this point, it's time that we wrap up episode four of the Idiot Book Nook podcast and we get ready to move on to episode five. We have a we have a few uh, kind of a few brain weasels to work through and to think about for future chapters. However, we're still continuing on the Twitch stream. Yes. Today, because Twitch episodes last for a while so we get so i think the plan is we get through about like three chapters a twitch episode so our first twitch session we got through three chapters we still don't have a set number of chapters to get through but we're trying to see what our average is to see kind of where we stand but episode four of the idiot book nook podcast uh we're gonna wrap up here and uh we will be back with our twitch session so if you're watching on twitch live just stay tuned um i'm going to go ahead and throw our socials in the chat here and for those of you that are wanting to follow us on the podcast you can find lady punnett under paulina.avalon on tiktok you can find myself under linktree slash blazewing 2010 that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash blazewing 2010 you can find the reading dragon on linktree at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash the reading dragon you can find the Idiot Book Nook podcast at anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook. And you can find our website at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com if you would like to check out our website. For the Idiot Book Nook, I'm Blazewing. And I'm the Reading Dragon. And I'm Lady Punnett. And we'll see our Twitch stream in a moment. And we'll see our podcast listeners next episode. <laughs>